Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody, I'm Doggy Dan. Thanks ever so much for tuning into this podcast, show number one, which is all about bringing a new baby into the home. So what we're going to be having a look at is things such as how to actually introduce your baby with your dog or your dog to the baby in a very um, calm way so that they get off to a really good start. And then we'll have a look at safety, safety around uh, the dog so that your baby stays safe, so that everyone's calm and happy and relaxed, and of course your dog stays safe as well. So we'll have a look at that, which is probably forefront of a lot of people's minds. Then we'll have a look at establishing rules and boundaries, both for your children and your dog, because that's what's going to really help create a wonderful environment where everybody's relaxed and getting on well. And lastly, we'll have a look at developing a bond, because The reason for having children and dogs is so that everybody can obviously get on well and enjoy each other's company and and that's where the more you understand about how to spend time so that everybody's enjoying themselves and everyone's getting on well, the better. So we'll, we'll have a look at that. And throughout this podcast, I'll keep touching on why becoming the pack leader is so important often in a very subtle way, which is why I'll just keep dropping it in and, and sort of point out that when you're the pack leader... X and Y and Z won't occur, and uh, when you're the pack leader, this is the sort of good stuff which will just occur naturally. So, hope that makes sense. It will do as we uh, go, as we move along. It's important to point out that for most people, you're going to have about nine months to prepare for the baby coming home. It shouldn't be a complete surprise, but even if you're, you're listening to this podcast now and you've only got a couple of months before baby comes home, or a couple of weeks even, it'll still have an impact um, if you get your house in order. And, and by that, I mean obviously. For people who've got nine months before baby comes back, you're going to be getting the bedroom ready, all that sort of stuff. But you can also get the relationship that you have with your dog in order. And that will have a huge impact on the way your dog behaves when your baby walks through that door and they meet for the very first time. So make sure you're putting this in place. If you start early, you're not going to put yourself under any pressure. It's a long time. Nine months is a very long time. You can have a completely transformed dog so that everything else that you try and do, which I'm talking about now, is going to have a big impact. And that's where being the pack leader is always the most fundamental and important thing to establish. And then this training that I'm almost going to go through now will have the biggest impact. First up, though, a couple of things that you can do before you actually bring your baby into the home. One is to exercise your dog. Take them for a really good run and drain a lot of that energy out of them so that they're not bouncing off the walls all excited and energetic. Um, when, you, when you've got a calmer dog to work with, it's much, much easier. The other thing is give your dog a blanket or a piece of clothing to smell, maybe days before you actually bring your baby home. From uh, you know, Bring it home, bring the blanket home from the hospital, which the babies lay on. And and then they can start to understand and learn who this baby is. And it's not going to be a completely surprising smell. And they can smell it in the safety of their own home when they're calm and relaxed. And, and you're going to be calm and relaxed because the baby's not going to be there. So your dog can actually learn an awful lot by just smelling and uh, using their nose to, to understand and learn about the baby. And you can do that before you actually bring them back into the home. I wouldn't actually leave the piece of clothing or the blanket with your dog. Just let them smell it for a, you know, a couple of uh, seconds or a minute or so and then uh, take it back from them. 
Now, when you're actually bringing your baby into the home for the first time, it's your choice whether you want the dog to be present or you want them in another room. If you've got a fairly calm dog, which is the main thing you want to be watching, how calm they are, then that's fine. Have them, have them around. Keep the baby in your arms. Stand up. Don't sit down immediately. Come in fairly calmly. Keep monitoring your own energy. And uh, if your dog is a jumpy dog, then you possibly want to put them on a lead or put them in another room. Just turn your back on the dog if they're getting too interested. Stay very calm. When you feel the time is right, then you can sit down and then allow the dog to come over. Constantly monitoring them. Are they calm? Are they relaxed? They can come as close as you're happy for them to do so. Remember, there's no rush. It's not a race. However, it is good if the dog is able to get close enough to be able to smell your baby because that's how, again, they're going to learn and understand who this little being is that's walked into their home. I remember doing this with Stanley, my firstborn, my my son, and, uh, you know, it was a couple of minutes before I sat down in the chair and, and the dogs came over and I held him calmly on my lap and the dog started sniffing incredibly respectfully, just inquisitively, and uh, they weren't pushy, they weren't jumpy. And I just, I could hardly believe how calm and respectful they were. And again, I'm convinced that they knew. I mean, dogs are very clever animals. I'm convinced that they knew this was my son. And the respect they gave him was just phenomenal. Even, you know, even, uh, you know, months, months later, even years later, still, they respect him so much. And I'm sure it's because they know he's the son of the pack leader. I know it sounds a bit, you know... Uh, a little bit deep, but but when, if you could have seen it, you'd, you'd you'd probably agree. Wow, it was just incredible. So don't don't have in your mind that your dog's gonna you know be all over the over the child, but you know prepare for the best and uh, be ready, or prepare for the worst, but expect the best is probably the best way to put it. One thing to bear in mind is that your dog really is almost like a mirror, so they will mirror your energy which is why I've, I've talked about staying as calm as you can, which often means being maybe talking a little bit less in not such a high voice, not so loudly. Being calm is often about just speaking a little bit, speaking you know fairly quietly to each other because emotions are running high, whether it's anxiety or excitement or stress or um, frustration. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of emotion when a baby comes into a home. Everyone's wanting it to go really really well and happen the right way and and actually if everybody just takes a bit of a chill pill and relaxes a bit then things will go really well so when your dog is in the right state allow them to come closer yeah smelling's good helps the dog understand and you stay incredibly calm so that's sort of a an overview of how to introduce your dog that first stage then you need to be constantly thinking about safety and safety you know is is a concept you have to or manage for not just weeks or months, it's for years, because as your child grows up, of course, they turn into toddlers and, you know, things can go wrong then as well. So managing and keeping an eye on things is something you're always having to be aware of. However, there are some really big key areas, which if I bring them to light to you now, these are the the two main areas where I would say most of the serious issues occur. And one of them is around food and one of them is around space invading. So the first one, food. For for those of you who've you know been in my video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com, you'll understand and know the importance of food in being the pack leader, in controlling that food, that 
If you don't understand the power of food and what it means to your dog, then you really need to start learning and understanding that because so many issues occur around food, it's just not funny. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking now of a consultation I had where a lady rang me to say that her dog had, her little dog, I think it was a West Highland Terrier sort of a dog, if I remember rightly, had jumped up and bitten her child's face. Now, three or four dog trainers had said she needed to put the dog down. I, however, wanted to chat to her a bit more and really find out, you know, the ins and outs of the situation. It turned out that the little girl had been sort of teasing almost the dog with a biscuit, almost giving it to the dog and then eating some and giving it to the dog and pulling it back into her own mouth. And it sounded like as she brought it back into her own mouth, the dog jumped up and uh, tried to get it and, and caught the girl on the face, possibly deliberately, possibly accidentally, who knows? However, understanding that situation made me think, well, to be honest, there's probably quite a few dogs who, if they were put in that situation, something could go wrong. And I said to the lady, I was pretty confident that if she followed some of the basic rules that I've got and um, that, you know, I talk about, about being the pack leader and some of the training, uh, training exercises, then everything should be fine. And it's been several years now since I visited her and her husband in the home. And I must, I must be honest, the husband did not really, he wasn't really keen to have me there. He didn't want me there. He couldn't believe that this dog, you know, should be allowed to stay, that it wouldn't happen again. Um, however, it hasn't. It's been fine, and I've rung her up several times to check that all is well, and she says, yep, dog's fine. Dog did not need to be moved on from the home or, or euthanized, didn't need to be put down. And that's the power of understanding the psychology of dog and how powerful food is in, in the dog's mind. You see, we just think it's a little biscuit, but to a dog it can mean an awful lot more. So without going into it in too much detail, just understand the pack leaders control that food and so when your dog is eating food, be very, very careful. Be very aware. Keep your children well away um, unless they're supervised and you know that it is perfectly safe. Of course, there's, there's training you can do. There's loads of videos in my website about how to desensitize your dog around the food bowl. There's, I've got Project Moses. Moses is my little puppy who I've been raising. All the videos are in there of me training him to become incredibly tolerant around that food bowl and it's been highly successful however not all dogs are like that there's lots of dogs who are incredibly aggressive around food and yet they're beautiful dogs and, and in those situations you're best off always feeding the dog outside away from everybody um, until the situation changes which it may never change but that's still that's still fine that's your that's your situation as you've got it and you've just got to manage it Another time, though, that you need to be equally aware of the dangers around food is when your children are wandering around with a biscuit. And you could you could have a toddler or a young baby lying on a um, on a mat, for example, eating a chewing on a little bit of a biscuit. And you wouldn't make the association that to the dog that's food. And, you know, things can go incredibly wrong. You leave that child with the biscuit and the dog comes to try and take it or something. So be aware any food you need to be very aware of it and manage those situations, keeping them apart is usually the best way. The second area to bring to mind to you now is space invading, as I call it. This is another area where a lot of bites occur, and it's where children invade the space of the dog, which is a big no-no in the dog world. Of course, there's loads of dogs where you can get away with that. However, there are a lot of dogs who will not like it if a toddler... Obviously, babies who can't move are pretty safe in this situation because they can't climb into the dog's space. But toddlers who wander over and maybe fall onto the dog 
or just invade their space or put their head over the top of a, the dog's head, for example. You need to be very aware of that. And especially if your dog is sleeping. If you have a toddler who does that, it's sort of a big, big no-no. Again, this is key stuff to about this is all relating to being the pack leader that in space invading for example it's it's an important thing to understand something i gain i cover off in the video website how to be the pack leader because the more you become the pack leader and explain to your dog you are not the pack leader the more tolerant your dog will be they will allow a lot more breaks in the rules as in they'll be far more tolerant of if your child does these sort of things i'm saying tolerant because some dogs are still not as tolerant the more you take away the role of pack leader from your dog, the more tolerant your dog will be of a child maybe crawling past their face, of, of coming close to them. Of course, you've always got to be aware of the toddlers who just want to pester the dog, and that's where you also need to give your dog that safe place to go to when they've had enough and they want to be left alone. And it needs to be a place which is sort of out of bounds from your toddler, out of bounds from your children, so that your dog knows here, I'm safe, I can relax, and they can get rid of some of that stress. Otherwise, it can be a very stressful place for a dog where they just can't escape from the noise and the children running around, especially as the children get older and start maybe, you know, without you realizing it, they start to tease the dog, they get overexcited, there's a lot of energy, especially if they have friends come around, and without realizing it, your dog is actually just trying to get away. They, could be, they may even be chasing the dogs without you realizing it. You need to give them that safe space that they can go to to get away from it all if you're not sure or you're unsure about the situation and you're feeling things are going a little bit pear-shaped by all means put your dog away it's not really what i'd call a timeout. it's more of a giving your dog a break choose a room put their bed in there give them a couple of toys it's not cruel it's going to allow you to relax and have a good time with your visitor friends your children can then play and scream and shout a lot more without upsetting the dogs and your dogs can relax and come out when all the mayhem has disappeared and everybody gets on well so don't feel you have to sort of have everybody in the same room all the time because if you get your children and dogs to understand that sometimes they're apart and sometimes they're together it's a really good thing going forward um, we had a party the other day with probably 20 or 30 people came around and we thought, let's put the three or four dogs all in another room. They kind of had their own party, the four dogs lying and playing around with a few toys in another room. They were incredibly happy. I don't even think they really felt like they missed out because they didn't, to be honest. They'd have just got in the way with, again, lots of food flying around and uh, sausages on sticks, that sort of stuff, wine glasses, which could have gone flying in a few children. So it was best just separate the two. You don't always need to mix everybody together all the time. As the pack leader, you should be deciding when the dogs are allowed in your presence and when they've got to go in another room. You make all the rules. And establishing rules for your dogs and your children is a really important thing. You make the decisions ultimately as to how things should operate. And you should start as you mean to go on. For example, you know, feeding time... Oh, well, I say feeding time, I should say breakfast or dinner time for our family is an area where we've really had to make a few rules up because what was happening is we had two young children who were you know, learning to eat and they were accidentally dropping an awful lot of food on the floor. We had three, sometimes four dogs under the table all trying to grab bits as they fell. It became a bit of a feeding frenzy. So we changed the rules. We decided, okay, let's start as we mean to go on for the next 10, 15, whatever, 20 years. When we're having our breakfast or our dinner, we want all the dogs to be under the table, which is sort of their uh, their bed, on their mats, on their beds. And we put them there and we do a nice stay. And they stay there whilst we eat. 
until we release them. And we use a little OK command to, to tell the dogs, communicate to the dogs that they're allowed to go. So they jump out of their beds from under their sort of table and then they run over to the dining room table where we sit and they start cleaning up all the little bits of food which the children have dropped on the floor. And that's, uh, that's a little video actually which is inside the website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. And that's just one good example of how you put rules in place, you stick by them, you start as you mean to go on, and everything is far more relaxed now than how it used to be with all the dogs competing for food under the table. And, and then, of course, the children were actually deliberately dropping bits off into the, into the dogs' uh, mouths, and uh, they were getting distracted. They weren't focusing on what they were meant to be doing. We even had one situation, which was quite funny, where we thought Sage was doing really well, eating her greens, eating her broccoli. And then when we watched very carefully, we realized she was Popping, she was sitting in a high chair, she was popping the broccoli. Between her legs, there was a little slot in the bottom of the uh, high chair, and the food was going through that slot, and underneath the slot was Peanut's mouth, which was just basically stationed there, permanently wide open, and she was feeding all the food to Peanut. So it made a lot of sense to do what we've done, and it's working really well. Another area regarding food and safety and the rules around that food is when we give the children something to eat, say it's a little pot of crisps, chips, or some uh, even some salami, or something, or a, or a sandwich or something, the rule is that they are not allowed to feed the dogs their food. So say they're sitting on the couch, or they're wandering around, or playing outside, the rule is you leave the dogs alone, and we tell the dogs the same thing, don't go begging for food. Because with, with more than one dog, it's always more serious, there's more, always more competition and if we allowed the children to feed them that food, then A, the children would hardly eat anything. They enjoy feeding the dogs so much, they just do that. But also the competition would be pretty ferocious, especially with something like salami. As they held it out to one of the dogs, the other two dogs would be in there trying to grab it first, and it would, uh, it would all go pretty chaotic pretty quickly. So these are rules for the dogs and they're rules for the children. They both understand them. You put them in place, you consistently reinforce them, and then you know it, it sort of works out for itself. Children wander around with chips or crisps or something, and the dogs don't go over begging. So the dog, children don't feed the dogs, and it all works really well. But you've got to start as you mean to go on, rather than waiting for something to sort of go wrong and then reacting. Other rules for your dog, for example, could be around what rooms they're in, allowed in. Um, I would suggest that you keep your dog out of the baby's room, at least to start with. It's always easier to relax rules later on. However, if you allow your dog to run around that room and, and grab nappies or whatever and grab baby's toys and things, it, it's much harder to then start putting those rules in place. But I would, to start with, keep the door shut for a couple of days, couple of weeks, and only when things have settled and calmed down a little bit, allow your dog in for a couple of minutes, have a little sniff around if they're very calm, so that, it, that again, they can just get to, to learn and understand this is where the baby sleeps, this is their room, get to know them a bit better through the scent and the smell, and then ask them to leave the room so they understand it's an important room, not a place that they can just come and go as they please, that's very much how we have it with our bedroom. Dog's not allowed on the bed. Dog can't come into our room whenever they want. It's sort of out of bounds, but they're allowed in sometimes. There's a lot of rooms in our house which are like that. And again, all these things just help the dog understand they don't make all the decisions and it keeps them understanding that you're the pack leader who does make the decisions. The third area, I guess, um, I've touched on some rules around food rules around the house the third area where you can establish some rules i mean there's loads of areas but these are the three i thought i'd touch on is of course walking your dog that your dog loves walking you're probably going to enjoy getting a bit of fresh air with your baby in the pram or the buggy 
And this is just understanding or helping your dog understand some rules around the buggy, such as you don't get in front of the buggy, you walk beside the buggy or just behind the buggy and you walk calmly and you don't overreact. And this is just a little bit of training, but it's a wonderful exercise you can put in place and I would suggest you do it before you actually put your baby in the buggy I know that will look a bit funny if your neighbor says oh wow the baby's come early can I have a look and there's no baby in there and you're pushing the buggy down the street it will look funny but look take that chance or put a a good looking doll in there instead I'm only joking um but what you can do is you put your put the buggy together get the dog on the lead and of course just let the dog sniff the buggy very calmly and then just get used to walking down the road with your dog by your side and if they try to push through i I kind of keen to make a video of this if they push through or try and get in front of your buggy you just move the buggy across the face of them so it's actually a fantastic way of training your dog to walk on the leash without pulling because as they try to push past you you move the buggy in front of them they can't get past the buggy it's a, it's effectively a blockage it's a block and uh, so you you use that buggy to train them to walk nicely before you have a baby in it so that you um yeah because the last thing you want is your your dog being a little bit nervous or scared or jumping at a noise and pulling the buggy over so yeah all those sort of rules and things put them in place establish them very early on from the beginning and then things will all go smoothly one last little area I should touch on uh, before we move off this uh, this section is how you can make rules around blankets on the ground, which you may want your baby to lie on. So when, you, when you're confident and your baby's a little bit older and they want to, or maybe a little kind of at the crawling stage almost, where they can roll onto their tummy and you want to put them on the ground, you don't want them on a couch where they could roll off. If you've trained your dog again, this is before your baby even comes home if you've trained your dog not to go on the blanket then it becomes so much easier for you to say to your dog this blanket with the baby on is not somewhere you're allowed and all you do is you put the blanket on the ground and of course you move your dog off very calmly and you can use whatever you want you could use a clickers and use your clicker to train your dog not to go on it or you could just push your dog off very calmly or you could use food rewards or you may just stay off once and the dog will learn but uh, you just want your dog to learn they're allowed to lie next to the blanket and at that point you could train your dog as well that you could train them to understand that that's when they're calm and relaxed that's when they actually receive some affection pats and calm cuddles and that's when you then put your baby on the in the middle of the mat and you just monitor the situation and make sure that you you know that your dog understands they are not allowed on that blanket at all. If you if they put even their paw on, you push them off because dogs are masters of you give them an inch and they learn to take a mile. And an aspect of safety which you, you should be aware of is that a lot of people are concerned about bites. But it's possibly just as likely that children can get scratched accidentally very often from the dogs with those claws. So this is a good reason to learn or train your dog that they have to have to have to stay a good distance because you can have a big blanket on the floor, maybe two, two or three meters uh, wide, and your dog has to stay right outside that area. So there's very little chance of them accidentally, you know, pouring or clawing at your at your baby when they want a bit of attention. So another good reason to train them to stay off the blanket, and it's something you can do before you even bring your baby into the home. Now, the last topic I wanted to touch on is all about helping you develop that bond with your dog and your child sort of simultaneously, which will help your 
dog develop a bond with your child so or your baby so that as they grow up they grow up happy and relaxed in each other's company because that's what the family is all about i'm kind of including the dog in the word family there that it's enjoying each other's company which is so wonderful and uh, that's what we're all aspiring to well hopefully that's what we're all aspiring to so the more you can have situations and things that you do where your child is happy with you and relaxed and your dog is present as well the more you're going to bond with your dog, which is why I touched on, for example, taking your dog for a walk with the baby. Because if you can master that and get your dog down the beach and then or the park and then throw the ball for your dog, and then everybody's starting to have a good time. And your dog simply makes a connection of, oh, wonderful. The baby's getting put in the pram. That means I'm going for a walk as well. We all have a good time together. And your dog just starts to develop an association with you and the baby, which is a good one. Um, another area where this can take place, for example, is whenever you're in a calm, relaxed state, I'm suggesting you sort of maybe include your dog. So you may be feeding your baby and you could quite easily call your dog over to lie by your feet and then you can just give them a little bit of a stroke or tickle their tummy with your toes or something just so your dog is getting some um, interaction with you it's not taking up any more time because you sat there anyway feeding the baby it's a very a very nice special time for for all of you i've already mentioned when your baby or your toddler is lying on the blanket again you could call your dog over and just show them when the baby's playing with the toys here you're not allowed on the blanket but if you lie next to the blanket that's your job that's your position to be in and that's when you receive pats and praise and affection and you're told you're a good dog now, you may be thinking, my dog doesn't really lie down much. My dog's a really hyper dog. This is where the subtlety of being the pack leader can really kick in and help. That the more you have become the pack leader before your baby comes home, the more your dog will be a relaxed dog, a calm dog, a dog who looks to you to make all the decisions. So all of this training I'm talking about becomes so much easier. And also, it'll take away a lot of stress from the dog who's trying to, if they're in charge, if they think they're the pack lead, they'll be constantly trying to figure out what they're meant to be doing, how they're meant to be doing it. For example, when the baby starts crying, the dog, if they think they're in charge, will be kind of stressed and thinking, what shall I do in, in this situation? The more you've established yourself as the pack leader with the five golden rules that I talk about inside my video website, the more your dog will simply turn and look to you for guidance and that's why staying calm and relaxed is so important because if your baby's crying and becoming stressed and you stay super calm and relaxed your dog will go you look like you've got it under control you can go and deal with it pack leaders make all the big decisions so make sure you've established yourself as the pack leader stay calm and relaxed Create really good times where you and your baby and your dog can uh, go walking and uh, just relax together. For example, take the chucker down the park, exercise your dog. Everybody comes home having a, had some fresh air. Develop that bond. And, uh, and that's just that's something which will just naturally progress more and more and more. However, if you think that you've always got to be separated from your dog when the baby's around, you can really start to create a little bit of a division. Fine if you want to do that for a few days, but by all means, try to consider how can we combine everybody together so that everybody's getting on really well. Now, one last thing I should uh, just mention before we finish. If you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably be interested in my book, which is called What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent. It's been published through Random House, and it's available in a, a number of uh, places and different formats. You can buy an electronic copy. You can track it down on uh, my website, doggydan.com, and it's all about 
you know, training children and training dogs and the similarities of, you know, how to be the pack leader and attain that status in a calm and relaxed manner without using aggression and violence. It's about how to deal with conflict. It's about energy. It's about looking inwardly at yourself and seeing how the way you behave affects your children and your dogs. Well, that just about wraps it up for today. Remember, the notes for this show can be found at doggydan.com forward slash show one. It's been a pleasure being with you as always, and I'm already looking forward to some of the shows which are coming up. There's loads of great stuff, so please do consider signing up, subscribing to this podcast channel, and then you can give it a rating, and more people will actually find it. If you've enjoyed it, please do consider doing that. And if you're in contact or know of a a baby website where they may find this sort of podcast and information helpful, then please maybe consider pointing them in this direction. I think there's a lot of parents out there, new parents, who really want to understand how they can integrate their children, their baby, their new baby, and their dogs a bit better. Now, if you're wondering where to from here, I mean, obviously, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there's loads of other free podcasts um, available to you. However, If you want to get all the sort of information, all the videos and all the key podcasts, and by that I mean the ones which really show you how to become the pack leader, which will help you calm your dog, help you in every other situation, whether it's dog aggression, being the pack leader is everything. And if you want access to those videos on becoming the pack leader and my podcasts or my audios on becoming the pack leader, then the series, the five golden rules to becoming the pack leader is all inside the video website. And that website is www.theonlinedogtrainer.com. And that really does wrap this show up. Thank you ever so much for listening. I'm Doggy Dan. Have a great day and love your dog. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.